I got to go see the Sleeping Bear Dunes in Traverse City, Michigan, everyone. It was insanely beautiful and insanely gorgeous. When you see the signs that say Pure Michigan, that's what they mean. <laughs> that's what they that don't is. mean Roseville, like Michigan. No, they don't mean They don't mean Warren, Michigan. No. They don't mean I-75 in Detroit. No, they don't. I was like, wow, it's so stunning. You yeah. know, everything is so beautiful. The roads are nice. It's just, it's nice. It's, it's a nice place. Michigan is sometimes, like, nice. It's nice. Yeah, real nice. And I always, uh, I, I'm in a lot of, like, Reddit groups, and I read about, like, Metro Detroit area and Michigan, and, like, I follow news around here. And everyone just roasts Metro Detroit because it's just, like, such its own little area compared yeah. to the rest of Michigan. Yeah. And you forget that when you live here. Correct. Until you drive out, and then you're like, oh, wait, I just live in a bubble. Yeah. So it's always, you know, speaking of bubbles, welcome to Speaking, speaking of Speaking of which, I'm Sammy. I'm Skylar. Welcome to our podcast. Where we talk about whatever we want every day. Because every, it's, it's our podcast and not yours. <laughs> so I was I'm just, pretty sure that's not ours. I'm pretty sure that's somebody else's podcast. Yes, it? absolutely. Um. Okay, so you had this magical little getaway it was a four and a half hour drive. Four and a half hour drive. Are you cold? Yeah, I'm cold. It's chilly. It's disgustingly hot in this house right now. <laughs> I'm like angry about it. Well, you, you were just, just cooking. You just, it gets hot in there. <laughs> the way you just said that. But you're just cooking. <laughs> um, anyways, you got to have a little getaway. It's about a four hour drive, four and a half hour drive. To and I know you've Dooms. said this. I love the road trip part the most out mm -hmm. of everything. I just love being behind the wheel. Yep. I drove the whole time. Didn't let, nice. didn't let Alex drive. Not even At a all. single minute the whole drive. Good. Nice. Sometimes it'd be like that. I just like being in control <laughs> of the vehicle. Virgo. <laughs> I just like being in control. I, I also... In the world's most car sickiest person to ever live, like if I'm the passenger, I will throw up in your car. Okay. And if I'm not throwing up, I'm sitting there the whole time swallowing it by the bucket load, acting like everything's fine. Okay. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what was that. Ever since I was little, uh -huh. when I was little, we had to travel everywhere with plastic bags <gasps> in case I threw up. Wait, really? Yeah. You've never mentioned this. Mm -hmm. What? It's like a hundred, almost 160 episodes. It's like a hundred and, I don't know what, what is yes. this episode? And not only me. We had to bring multiple bags because when I started throwing up, everyone else would start throwing up because that's just how it works. Well, right. And so we'd be in the Naturally. car. Everyone's throwing up. One time we were on this road trip. Oh, God. Why are we starting? Okay, <laughs> yes, if this and... is your first podcast episode, I'm so, so One time so we were on sorry. this road trip. We were going, I think we were going to Six Flags or something. And it was going to be like an overnight thing. And we were going to the Six Flags that was nice and really far away. That's all I remember. And so it's like me, uh, my two brothers... And my sister and like mom and dad and a bee flies into the car oh, God. and it for some reason it is like attacking my sister it's like landing in her hair like <laughs> flying around her she's swatting at it and it's not leaving and <laughs> we're going so fast and like the commotion of my sister swatting the bee made me start throwing up oh no so there's a bee in the car I'm throwing up. London starts throwing up into a bag. So we're both throwing up. But this is, you are, they already knew at this point and had the bags ready. No, they had the bags for ready. For this kind of situation. Oh, oh, mom was ready. Mm. So mom is um, trying to comfort us like while we're throwing up. And she's also trying to make my sister not panic because of the bee. Right. 
And so like we're all throwing up. The bee is uh, is is flying around the car. Dad is swerving like all around the road, probably like looking back, being okay. like, "Is this Armageddon? <laughs> what is going on?" <laughs> and I have no other memory from that trip other than that moment in the car. And I think that's why I love road trips. <laughs> <laughs> Memories, you know. Um, okay, cool. I feel like everyone has cool. a bee in the car on the road trip story where everyone's throwing up. You know, that can't just be me. Yeah. No, totally. <laughs> so, if you're, you're so not alone. If you're also a puker, let us know on our Instagram. Uh, yeah. At Speaking of Which. It's the Speaking of Which podcast. That is Speaking the of Which podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, and, yeah, tag us in funny memes. Tag us in your memes. That's it. So, did you want me to go ahead and tell you what we're talking about today? Sure. Do you got anything else to report or anything cool happened to you? Oh, I'm or... sure, but I won't remember it till next week when I've processed it all. That That's fair. So, uh. today we're going to be talking about fight or flight. Mm. Fight, flight, freeze. Okay. And... I think we've touched on this... We've like, touched on this before. Not as a whole topic. Not but as like, a whole topic. Multiple different ways. But it's how fight, flight, freeze does not actually... It, it makes sense. We know why it happens, the evolutionary reasons. Mm-hmm. But it kind of just talks about how fight, flight, freeze does absolutely nothing to help us in modern society. Interesting. And so, like, how do we, what do we do about that? Okay. And, but I found another article that made me laugh. I actually found two articles that made me laugh that were completely irrelevant, and I wanted you to pick one. Okay, great. So, this sounds fun. <laughs> one article I found is, is just from beliefnet.com. And it's called Seven Marks of a Wicked Heart. Yeah. It's, it's completely unironic. It's the seven signs of someone that has an evil spirit in their heart. Oh my god, me. And then I found another article called Ten Signs to Confirm That You Have the Evil Eye Upon You. <laughs> yes! I love those. And okay. Uh, did, did either, oh, should I pick one now? Yeah, did either of those call out to you? Yeah, I feel like the first one, I want to know if that's me. The Seven Marks of a Wicked Heart. Are you yeah. dealing with an evil person by Megan? Am I the evil person? Am I the evil person? <laughs> and like I said, everyone, it's Am from... Am I the villain? Am I the villain? It's from beliefnet.com. It's by Megan Bailey. Mm. And it's unironic. And that's what makes it all the better. Yeah. And okay. Megan, if you're listening to this, Megan, the creator it's unlikely. of this, I love that. She says, while the true meaning of evil can be debated and oftentimes hard to define, the truth is that you will know evil when you see it. Those with wicked hearts can be detected easily when you know what to look out for. <laughs> Follow my simple tips. One. Tell me if you agree with this list about the seven marks of the wicked person. Mm-hmm. One, remorseless. <laughs> when a person feels no conviction from sinning against God, it's as if... Oh my God, wait, it's, what? It's, okay. a, it's as if tiny, it's as if a tiny callus forms over their heart. <gasps> what with, about on our feet or our hands? No, their heart. Oh, okay. With time, a heart can be so hardened that they have no remorse at all. The less we feel the need to repent, the more evil we become. They simply do not feel sorry for hurting others and will instead find enjoyment in it. Hmm. Do you consider yourself remorseless? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Okay, great. So we're down number one. (laughs) One for seven in the marks of evil. I have no remorse. None whatsoever. (laughs) Clean from remorse. I totally love that. 
Two, enjoyment in others' misfortune. Someone with a wicked heart will find enjoyment in other people's misfortune. Instead、wow. of being able to empathize or sympathize with the struggles of others, they will find it funny and amusing.、Wow. They, they, are, <laughs> they are unable to remember the pain they have ever felt.、Aww. Instead, they rejoice in suffering of others and feel better. They may feel lucky that it didn't happen to them or blame the other person. For example, they may say that they brought it upon themselves. Cold,、What? a cold, evil heart <laughs> is dangerous. And so much fun. <laughs>、uh, you know, who, ha- who hasn't laughed at someone they don't like's misfortune? Exactly. So I think we're two for two for Mark of a Wicked Heart. Uh, we're doing、okay. really well. If this, was a, if this was a BuzzFeed quiz, we'd be killing it. Yeah, I would be acing. Three, controlling and manipulative.、Oh. Evil people want to maintain control of everyone in their lives and will、yeah. use manipulative tactics、Ain't、to do so. Ain't nobody got time for that. They will never admit fault <laughs> because it would ruin the illusion. Oftentimes, <laughs> wicked people will be kind to you only to get something like money. <laughs> like money. <laughs> Money, 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 In turn,、money. they can be obsessive about controlling every bit of your life and come off mean. <laughs> I love how the mark of a wicked heart is coming off mean. Okay, me. <laughs> Defying the wishes of an evil person can result in terrible actions being taken against you. Um. I, I, would, I just like, don't have time for that. Yeah, controlling and manipulative. I, don't, I just don't have that. I, I, I would love to be controlling and manipulative, but no one lets me control them or manipulate them. I'm controlling. I just, to manip, like, I don't, need, I don't need to manipulate you. You don't have you. time to work all these strings, I don't, huh? I don't have, like, the manipulation isn't necessary because the controlling is enough. Like, people go, fine. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to manipulate. I'll be like, Skylar. Because I keep people in my life that are, you know, easy to bend. I'll be like, Skylar, we're doing、bend、this. You're like, no.、Will. I'm like, yeah. And you'll be like, okay. okay. <laughs> There's no manipulation needed. Lack of responsibility. A wicked heart has no sense of moral compass. They will do whatever they please. <laughs> <laughs> Me! As long as it makes them feel good, that's all they care about. They don't think about how their actions could impact others, and frankly, they do not care. The evil heart will deflect <laughs> any blame placed on them. They will never apologize and may even feel like they are owed apologies. <laughs> they think apologizing is a sign of weakness. Well. And they would rather have someone else apologize. Well, let's relax there on that one a little bit. Let's、um, just take it to the basis. I'd say we, I, I, we're very responsible. So we're actually. We're one down for Mark of a Wicked Heart. Yeah. Yeah. But we do enjoy it when others apologize for our own bad behavior. That's what's that's actually a given. like, yeah, that's almost required. That's almost required. <laughs> <laughs> no humility. <laughs> I'm incredible and amazing, and no one. Those with evil hearts <laughs> are full of pride. And think that they are better than those around them. They have no sense of humility、mm. and will come off as conceited and arrogant. Yeah. They will fight tooth and nail to prove that they are always right. I've been trying. This is a direct violation of what the Bible wants from us. Oh, wait. This is. Oh, oh. I know. It just it takes a really、it、drastic really, turn. There it is. James 4 reads God is at war with the proud. <laughs> He's at war with us directly.、Yeah. Okay, so that made me chuckle. 
Those with well, wicked hearts. My war hearts. outfit is sexy, God. So battle yeah, up, battle buckle up, up bitch. <laughs> okay. Um, that last one is like you know. That was intense when I read that. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. Oh wow. Cruelty. Some people are subtle about how hardened their hearts are, <laughs> while others are more open about it. <laughs> Again, me. Not all evil people are sly. <laughs> Some are very vocal about how cruel they want to be. <laughs> I am the villain. <laughs> This could come in various forms, such as getting into fights, <laughs> emotionally hurting people. Does anybody want to fucking go? I will. I will take it down. Those who are very evil <laughs> will push their cruelty too far and do some serious damage that could lead to others going to the hospital. <laughs> oh my God. I know, right? What? Well, this is like some fucking like. If you notice this sign in someone, mom that's like sitting behind and like her neighbor like I know. left their garbage on like the other one's lawn and now this she's cruelty gonna, like... will lead to a hospitalization. <laughs> Desensitized to evil. Mm. Someone with a cold and wicked heart will not react to the evil in the world the same way you might. Oh. Instead of feeling moved emotionally by terrible events, they might act like it doesn't phase them at all. They won't care about the suffering. They have no affliction to the world's negative events. Um, okay, I'm like the villain that wants to be the perfect villain, but then looks at all the other villains and what they're doing and, like, cries about it. Yes. So, so you're not desensitized to other evil. So no. I'd say you're only two for seven Fuck. for the mark of a wicked heart. I think you too. Mm -hmm. I think the news makes you I'm a bit of a weeper. Boy. I'm a bit of a weeper. <laughs> Okay, so that was all of them, but it says evil and wicked people can be incredibly terrifying. Yeah, you better fucking. <laughs> they will watch do out. things that you might think are unimaginable. It's important to avoid people like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was an incredibly great spiritual article. I felt like it had all the components of reality components. and intelligence in I'm so glad that we here on Speaking of Which give time. In our week yeah. to spiritual literature like this. We're educating you and helping your spiritual path grow quicker than any other platform. Let us know, <laughs> listeners, if you had any of the marks of a wicked heart. <laughs> we all know that you you do. We all know that you, you do. Are listening to this podcast. So... so our main topic was from Psychology Today. Okay. It's by Jim Taylor. He's got a PhD. Oh, pretty huge... A pretty huge dick. So <laughs> neither fight nor flight helps us survive in modern times. These are the key points. The fight or flight reaction has evolved over the eons to catalyze our minds and bodies in ways that will increase our chances of survival. It says, but neither fighting, fleeing, or freezing help us survive in the concrete jungles or sub suburban savannas of the 21st century. If you allowed your primitive brain to govern your, your reactions to modern threats... It will have consequences. It says a better response would be to engage our prefrontal cortex, which controls our ability to make deliberate choices better suited for modern times. Unfortunately, this article doesn't really go into how you access your prefrontal cortex and avoid fight or flight. So I had to look up some other articles to like give some more, I don't know context context to that yeah and so like basically this author was like here's what we should do but i'm not sure how to do it which is relatable okay 
So basically, the fight or flight reaction has evolved over the eons, like I said. Physical changes that occur in response to the fight or flight reaction include increased heart rate and respiration, a shot of adrenaline, dilation of pupils, pale and flushed skin as blood flow is redirected to parts of the body that will be needed to survive, muscle tension, and a blunting of pain. Emotional changes include the experience of either fear or anger to motivate survival behavior. Psychological changes include narrowing of attention onto perceived threats and quickening of thought to accelerate decision-making and action. So basically, like when we are faced with a threat or something that is unsettling, we have all these physical and psychological like automatic responses in our bodies. But the people that are more at the mercy of those are less equipped to like move forward freely in this society. Interesting. So the thing I thought the most about this was like how unfair that is because yeah. it's literally biological. Right. So it's unfair that some people's biology keeps them like potentially behind in society. Right. Where other people are starting to like quote unquote overcome fight fight freeze. Okay, well not our problems if you're not. That's as true because we us, do have so... one of the marks of a wicked heart. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's like it's like okay, well survival of the fittest. You know what I mean? I thought all these details they're always so interesting when I read about them. Yeah. Like our blood literally relocates itself in our body, mm-hmm. and like our our neurons like pathways will completely go dark and others will light up Mm -hmm. like complete physiological changes in our body to stuff that shouldn't be doing that like uh, common stressors like um what's an example like if what's something that can happen to you that would trigger fight flight freeze well i don't know this is (laughs) i can't the only thing in my head is like when girls get like toxic shock syndrome from like keeping a tampon up there like for too long Mm -hmm. like if your body like starts to try and regulate like what's the fuck is what what's going on in here but like that's not that's not a good example it's just like when you asked me that and you were looking me in my eyes i was like the only thing i could think of was was, like tampon in my i don't use tampons but just in case anyone's wondering and i've never (laughs) i bet they were like thank god we know that (laughs) like i don't know if people were like has like she, has this happened has this to ha- you? No, this is not. But it has happened to people I know. But, like, it has not happened to me. So, just in case you guys are curious. If I was a woman, I would die the first month of toxic Ab- shock syndrome. Yeah. I well. just know it. Like, I <laughs> I can barely maintain myself. And as a man, my body has zero I know. maintenance. I, yeah. For real. Fuck you guys. Sometimes I shave my beard, and even that is, like, strenuous. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. So... <laughs> Okay. I don't know how you guys do that. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. Anyways, what's a good example? Like, if you, like, cut your fucking finger off. <laughs> yeah, that would... Because you won't... That would be a fight. You're not fight, dying. But I don't know, like, if you would necessarily get fight from that. Like, fight your own finger. <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably I'm thinking of more an example that involves freeze. another person. Like, let's say your boss comes in and starts screaming at you. Mm. That would make some people fight, flight, freeze. Mm-hmm. You would fight. I would, <laughs> you just you, immediately... You fucking know. <laughs> I have. I literally I know. have. <laughs> I can give you multiple examples of how I You don't even, you don't even actually... have to wait for the physiological changes. 
the, oh, the door is opening. Raise the, the fist. The door is opening, and I can like smell the fucking fight coming, and I'd be like, and another I'm thing. <laughs> but what do you do for other people where, where they're like, something happens like that, like a boss is confronting them, and instead of being able to be like rational or flooded with. You know, yeah. flooded with adrenaline, they start sweating. They, they are they gonna fight? You know, are they gonna freeze? Are Listen, they gonna? Listen, I give consultations, uh, you know, via you know tarot and astrology. If you want to go to my website, it's samanthamenzo.com. But like, we'll go literally, any single fucking person with a Libra placement probably needs to talk to me about how best to approach this specific doc- topic. So I know I was reading this. So I was like, I really resonate. If you find yourself, I'm once again asking. Asking all the Libra placements to get a reading from me so we can talk about how to be a fighter. A fighter. <laughs> Every Libra needs to add at least one more mark of a wicked heart. Yeah. And I'll help you function. get there by, you know, my services. No, um, I, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a big, that's a big question. I mean, like, what is your answer? And you first, are a Libra. First, you... let's clarify, because he does something. He okay. says, let me preface this discussion by clarifying what I, what I mean by threatening in the modern world. Okay. As I noted in my last post, rarely in the developed world are our physical lives threatened in ways that require our survival instincts to be activated daily. Okay. At the same time, we regularly experience threats to other types of survival in our lives, including threats to our self-identity, threats to self-esteem and goals. We humans haven't evolved enough for our primitive brains, quote-unquote, to know the difference between threats to our physical lives and those to our psychological lives. As a result, react in the same manner to both kinds of threats with the three Fs. And, uh, but it does link to another article that goes on to say that, um, like, LGBT people, POCs, and blah, 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 do have, like, daily... Like, the daily, and Yeah, the, daily yeah. encounters with feelings of, like, you know, fight, flight, freeze yeah, in like modern... Yeah, more than the mm-hmm. stereotypical so, white man. Yeah, so this article Got is it. taking like a, you know, like a bigger step back and mm-hmm. talking about how, you know, like some bigger picture stuff yeah. without focusing on that. But anyways... I think often like it's ex- also like the amount in which you're exposed to said like confrontation. Because mm-hmm. like George gets yelled at like almost every day by customers at his work. Like that's just the name of the game. And you know, I I I'm trying to think back to like him working there for the first time like seventeen years ago or whatever it was. And like, you know, mm-hmm. his position was quite different than it is right now, but like still like how he handled customers <laughs> yelling at him in the beginning versus how he would handle it now, like yeah. Being subjected to the same sort, it like kind of loses its validity and maybe yeah. you're better at handling it. So oh, like another like, yelling lady yeah. who's like for no reason. Yeah. You know, it starts to become less scary over yeah. time. So it's like how often mm-hmm. you're being subjected to certain threats. It's so funny that you say that about George because I've worked in customer service my entire life mm-hmm. and I still have developed no skin. <laughs> you immediately like you immediately just start crying. You're the literal opposite of me. Like someone would come up and fucking start yelling at me and I'd be like, "Do you want to change your tone or no? Cuz no. I will make you change your tone." And you <laughs> you I just would start just crying. Be like, I don't, I'm sorry. I, I whatever, just work here. I just don't make enough for this. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
<laughs> like <laughs> the money I made right now isn't worth that. Mm-hmm. So let's consider contemporary situations that we might perceive as threatening to our lives. In our education lives, poor grades, disappointing admission test scores, and rejections from desired colleges would be considered threatening. Because, like, there's the psychological component to it that's threatening, but also there's, like, the long-term physical body threatening. You know, like, I'm not going to get the job that I want, do what I want, my physical body, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. In our professional lives, subpar performance evaluations, not getting promoted... Being fired are hugely threatening at different levels of our lives. In our social lives, conflicts with family and friends, romantic rejections, romantic breakups, and loneliness can feel threatening. So there is a lot in the modern world that feels directly threatening. So we do have a lot of opportunities to feel this fight, flight, freeze. So it's saying, okay, we can't go through every single one of these things that they mentioned because all of us will face these things at some point. Yeah. And they and they start to happen, you know, more and more often as we, you know, go more right. and more into the world. So how can we gain more control and not just be at the whims of the body? Um, just let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor and let, let Samantha raise her wrists. The... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It says, let's examine how the three F's would play out with, say, a breakup with someone you love. Not only would... Feet? Fuck and fruit. Yes. So it says, so the first one, fight. (laughs) Not in that order. (laughs) It says, not only would fighting affirm your former partner's decision to end the relationship, um, but if the fighting got out of hand, it could lead to calling the police and criminal charges. So basically, Mm -hmm. like, like you have a bad breakup. The first F is not great. Fight. Don't Mm -hmm. do that. That cannot be good for you or society. Well, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do, though. (laughs) It says, now how about fleeing me? (laughs) You are my flea. It says, yes, fleeing from the breakup. (laughs) (laughs) And getting getting distance from the pain that it inflicted on you. Since the record scratch of the century. (laughs) Could be a healthy, it says it could be a healthy response. It could give you the space to allow yourself to grieve the loss and move on with your life. However... Fleeing often leads to not just the distancing from your former partner, but also flight from other more positive aspects of life, including from work, friends, exercise, and healthy habits, as well as more extreme means of anesthetizing the heartbreak, such as overeating and drug use. I know, right? And doing so, at a minimum, you remove yourself from other sources of meaning. So basically, like when we fought, when we fight, that one was clear. The police are coming, but when we flee, <laughs> we we flee too much. We don't just flee the person; we actually flee life and we flee existence. Yeah, you are my existence flee. I am an existence flee. It says, and then finally, freeze. Will freezing help you with your heartbreak? The notion of freezing has two meanings for me. First, in the literal sense of staying in one place and not moving. Freezing will likely not prevent your ex partner from noticing that you are still there. <laughs> in the closet. Sorry, I am experiencing freeze. (laughs) And a continuing unwillingness to leave the setting in which the breakup occurred, whether your former partner's apartment or a street-side cafe, might lead to involvement by law enforcement. In either case, freezing won't change the outcome of your ex-partner's decision. So, they went freeze, but also... I just had a fucking flashback to what was very triggering at the moment. No, I was... It's a fight, clearly. Uh Uh-oh. But, like, I was being broken up with, and uh, basically... In public? 
Uh, no, it was in private. But he like, knew better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know better that I was driving, though. And I was like, okay, well, you can fuck off yeah. and walk home. Like, <laughs> um, <clears throat> tried, no. He, he, Did you uh, leave someone on the interstate? No, he basically was like, I need a break. And I was like, um, I don't do that. So, like, you either want to be with me or not. It's not. just how I work, blah, 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 blah. He was like, please. And so I, like, gave in or whatever, right? Like, so I was like, all right, you have, like, a fucking week to figure out what, what's going on with you because, like, this is already against my rules. And then uh, a week went by or however long or whatever, and I was like, all right, like, what's the deal, bro? And then he tried to break up with me on the phone, and I, like... Did you say no? Had a bu- well, I was like, I'm coming right now. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking no. drove over. And I had a bunch okay, of listeners. his shit in my car, and he was at a friend's house. It wasn't, uh, was it his house? I think it was his house. Whatever, he lived with friends. And I literally, like... This was premeditated. This isn't stood... Five Flight Freaks. No, this, this is premeditation. This is, this is, like, fight. <laughs> like, he fucking stood out on the front lawn, and I, like, opened my trunk and literally just threw everything I had of his, like, all over the lawn. Like... At the house, just fucking <laughs> Jerry Springer white trash, just fucking threw everything all over the lawn, and he just stood there with like his hands in his pockets and like waited me for me to finish, and I was like fuck you, and then got in my car and ran away, and never like you that had was fight, it. I was like and you had flight, but I never got any reason as to why, so that that was like all right, fuck you then. That's very you comforting. Go. Well, listeners, I want to say that's one. You want if another someone example? Calls, if someone calls to break up with you, I don't know if the first option should be getting in your car for fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I you had another story? Yeah, okay. I actually am ready. All right, well, these are like tea stories because like any of these people involved mm-hmm. will absolutely know who they are who when they I are. say these. So this is like, I mean, I hope that they never listen to this. No, this happens like, to you so often. You they can't. No, they wouldn't be able to. <laughs> This is pretty, pretty specific, and I can't believe I'm about to say this story. But anyway, so I was with someone, and uh, I was kind of on again, off again. And uh, for a moment, it was on again. And uh, I was with them at a house party of our friends. And that night, like, literally, that person told me they loved me. And then I got a phone call in the morning from one of their friends at, like, 6 in the morning. And this friend was, like, too drunk to drive or walk, and he didn't know what to do. So he's like, I got a lot of things on my mind. Can you come pick me up and drop me off? I'm like, are you are you okay? So I went and picked this person up. And while they were in the car with me, they told me that the person I was with uh, was doing sexual relations with another person in the living room of this house. Yeah, dude. And uh, the day he said he loved you. Yeah, and then this is like a common like occurrence in my (laughs) life. By the way, (laughs) you can see why I am a villain. Okay, I was not born this way. (laughs) I'm just Uh, imagining you driving. No, so listen. No, it gets worse. No, it gets fucking worse. It gets worse. So I was like, where, where, right now? I was like, I gotta drop your ass off. I'm going over there right now, right? So I drive. And I park like a few houses down and I walk right into the backyard and right through the sliding door of this person's house. And our friend who lived there, she came out and she was like, I'm sorry, I told him to leave. Like, like I didn't, you know, whatever, whatever. By the way, the person whose house it was is now married to the person and they're about to have a baby. <laughs> so anyways, hold on, wait. <laughs> So, okay, and then I was like, where are they? And 
She was like, they're walking somewhere right now. So I fucking got in my car. I drove all up and down the fucking mm-hmm. roads. And I finally saw them. And I was like, <laughs> No, you drove down I the street. I like, yeah, I fucking hunted them down. <laughs> I was like, you had something you want to fucking say to me? And like, he had the balls to walk over to my window and be like, this doesn't concern you. You can go home now. And I was like, the fuck I can. And then she started trying talking to me. And I was like, I'm not talking to you, bitch. I don't give a fuck about you. Like, it was, again, some Jerry Springer shit. I was, I've got your baby I'm in like, here. <laughs> that wheeze laugh that just came out of me. <laughs> Sorry. No, remember I said he ended up marrying the fucking person. Yeah. But, um. What, no, what were and, you and that day? Were you just like the nearest vagina for him to fall in love with I don't with know, dude. I was hell? just like, I was ready to get out of my car and beat this motherfucker's ass. But instead, I just like peeled off. And I think I kept circling them and like screaming. This, like a like, shark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I Is just this the movie Open Water? Screaming at them at the open window and like flicking them off and being like, fuck you. Like, you're a piece of shit. Like... This was okay, everyone. I wonder that this was this was the unreleased version of Jaws three. I have more stories, but maybe we should move on. Like I said, it, the person's happily married now to somebody else. I'm so, so glad. Like, I wish them well, but also they're trash. Uh, without you, he would never have realized how unhappy also, he was. Also, what does that say about this? like? I don't know, guys. That's so, a little, you know. So. Luckily, our psychologist <laughs> has an answer. I'm really sorry. Okay. No, no, I won't. I won't. That's our it. psychologist says, "Don't." Okay. Our <laughs> psychologist says, "Don't circle your ex in a parking lot <laughs> in a two thousand pound metal tank." Don't throw all their. He shit says. <laughs> He says, let your PFC be your guide, oh, okay. your prefrontal cortex. <laughs> it says, so, what can we, evolved beings, do when the least evolved part of our brain often plays such an outsized role in how we react to events that, though not physically life-threatening, can be a threat? It says, a better response would be to engage the more evolved part of our brain, I the cerebral cortex. I think this is actually trying to teach people how to deal with me. Mm-hmm. You know? So oh, the, pre- <laughs> the prefrontal cortex controls our ability to make deliberate choices. And we all learned oh, that. Oh, never mind. Like, I, knew, I, I make deliberate choices. <laughs> so yeah, you were using your PFC mm. just for evil. But <laughs> <laughs> pretty fine. So Sword. the psychologist likes to use the metaphor of forks in the road. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, choices you could have made. <laughs> To describe our PFC's capacity to look at the different roads we could take and be able to decipher which is the bad road (laughs) (laughs) and which is the good road and then choose the road that is most beneficial to us. And I hope I have demonstrated our fight, flight, or freeze reactions clearly lack that capacity in the modern world and all most likely will take you down the bad road. Mm. It says, but resisting millions of years of evolution is no small task. It requires us to marshal all of our evolved resources to prevent a knee-jerk instinctive reaction in response to a perceived threat. Like, inhibit your amygdala and allow your PFC to take charge. My pretty... Pretty fucking cool brain. 
(laughs) (laughs) Once your PFC is engaged, we are then able to consider the different roads we have available Mm. to us, weigh their pros and cons, compare their immediate and long-term benefits, and then choose the best option for our given circumstances. Whenever I read articles like this, I understand why we have to have official literature about this, but doesn't it just sound so unrealistic? It's just boring. Like, it's not boring for this podcast. It's just like... Yeah, like I get it. You have to have clicks. Yeah, but... exactly. You got to have those like key SEO wording in there. Like I understand that it's important to have like the general public know that like what I'm feeling is normal. Fight, flight, or freeze is normal. I do have psychological capability to use my prefrontal cortex. Well, I understand why, but how? But like, He's not saying make how. It fun. He's not saying make it fun. Tell the story about circling your ex. You know, literally. I guess that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. We're here to. We're here to add some context to these articles. We are the context. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty freaking cool context. Says in the case of the romantic breakup, letting your PFC be your guide would likely lead you to a much better, though no less painful, outcome. After being told it's over, you would probably feel a rush of emotions as your limbic system processes the unfortunate news and prepares to react to this threat. This is where you come Breaking in. Breaking up with me is a fucking it's threat. A threat. Let, let me tell you. It says, however, your PFC would intervene and stop your amygdala from dictating a reflexive response. Instead, you would express your sadness, wish your now ex-partner the best, and quietly leave. Okay. When you get back... <laughs> Sounds unlikely. When you get back to your home, no your thanks. PFC can switch into monitoring mode. In turn, your amygdala can take over, enabling you to fully process your emotions associated with the breakup and allowing you to grieve. Basically, this guy is saying, take your fight, fight, freeze, sorry ass home and yeah. do it in the comfort of your home. Don't do it on the stoop, you know? Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Go yeah. home and feel your feelings fully. Just go home and feel them. Just, like, don't burden anyone else with your bullshit. <laughs> Thanks so, a lot, guys. Your PFC has to be ever vigilant in the background to ensure that your limbic system doesn't attempt, you know, one of the three Fs and cause more problems in the future. So, I actually found... You know what? I'm out here trying to cause Fs. I found something that I thought was great on the internet from a mommy blogger. Ew. Yes, a mommy blogger. Okay. It's called pickany2.net. And it's nine things to do when you're overwhelmed by motherhood. We won't do all nine, but I really like... But, like, just put it in context of, like, I'm when you're it... overwhelmed in general. Yes. So, like, this mom Pick from the, the internet... Pick up the toys. Like, <laughs> just kidding. That was number seven. Okay. <laughs> it really is. But, okay. So, she says... So, like, this article was, like... It was, like, use your PFC. But this mom was, like, okay, it's happened. Right? It's right. too late. You are in fight, flight, freeze. You don't know what to do. I'm on my way. Yes, I'm on my way. I'm screeching in my mercury. Yes, I'm burning. Samantha is burning rubber with her toes. I'm literally in my fucking. Circling the neighborhood. This is what she says to do, and it was really great advice. And her name is. I'm in my silver sunfire. I don't know her name, but it's just called Nine Things to Do When You're Overwhelmed by Motherhood. I'm screeching on the playlist. And here I come with my Arizona iced tea. And a Marlboro Red cigarette hanging out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) She says, step one, brain dump. If you're feeling completely overwhelmed, sometimes the first step could be to just brain dump. It says, it doesn't matter what you write down, how you write it down, what you write down. It says, go sit somewhere and just start writing or scribbling mm-hmm. furiously and just like brain dumping yeah onto paper love it i thought that was great like sometimes we need something concrete to do like and with our sometimes hands. if the brain dump is 
it's just too too much too quick I will literally record myself like I'll put on my voice notes because if I feel like I literally can't write fast enough or type fast enough mm-hmm. then I will just I imagine say you say it with a fury I imagine you typing with your left hand writing with your right hand and screaming into a microphone with your voice and you have three yeah, narratives going you know Mercury controlled my chart I'm a Gemini Virgo rising so so she says after you do that <clears throat> sift she calls this sifting. Once you've finished your brain dump, <laughs> it's time to sift through it all to find the essentials. Ask yourself, what do I truly need to do right now for myself and my family? Oh my god, I've gotten so much better at this. How about you? Yes, because it says you sifting. Sifting is different than prioritizing. Sifting is about survival mode. Mm -hmm. What do I need right now to survive? Mm. And it says some people think, okay, I just need to prioritize. When she's saying, okay, if you're not there yet, sometimes you just have to sift. Mm -hmm. Like what, what can, what's boiled down to the bare essentials for her? It was making sure the children don't starve and giving them food and clothes, you know, and then making sure that I'm eating and sleeping. She was like, that's what I do. Like she was like, I sift. And yeah. then after I do that, then I can prioritize. She's like, okay, I have to make sure I don't die first. Oh my God. I love that for her. I thought that was great. Like first brain dump and then sift. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. You don't sift. You like, you're like, you, you can't sift through the sand because you're like in one of those little like, time, you know, what are those called? The little timers, like where the sands of time. Yes. You're like, just, you're just at the bottom of it, letting yeah. the, the sand like, pour okay, over you. I have like a sifter. You're right? Jasmine and I'm sifting, in Aladdin. I'm sifting, I'm sifting, I'm sifting. And then suddenly my sifter is empty <laughs> <laughs> and I've sifted all and of it. And you're still sifting, but there's nothing There's there. nothing left. You're just. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I just really got to boil it down. You're to like, the there's something in the air that needs to be sifted. I feel it. So then after she after she sifts, she single tasks. She says, if you're like me, you've probably read all the research about how multitasking doesn't actually exist and our brains can't actually do it. Okay. Uh, you speak for yourself. Speak for the literature. I'm literally a Gemini. And yet you continue to go through life attempting to do it. Oh, it says, while this is bad for your well-being, it's Warner. even worse when you're feeling overwhelmed. So repeat to yourself, one thing at a time. I literally did that today been very uh overstimulated I did you brain say. dump sift and then one thing at a time mm, no i just i was like the only thing i need to do right now is reorganize my desk that's it that's the I next thing like, clean up okay maybe i did that then it says not metaphorically literally it says so like after you've brain dumped that after you've sifted feel better and then once you're on a one-track mind the first thing you should do with your one-track mind is to go ahead and just pick up your space because mm-hmm. it says like studies prove that clutter equals stress for people. And yeah. so, like, getting getting your stuff all good is, is Maybe good. not even clutter, too. Like, just having things be in the, the wrong space. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you could have the same amount of things as you always do. But when they're, but you just know they're in their correct, home. Yeah, when they're in their home, it doesn't feel, like, cluttered. So. Do a digital detox. We don't do this. Okay, no. She says, when you're all overwhelmed... Um, all of your digital devices are more likely to further harm you than help you in most instances. However, I used that Calm app once. I really liked it. Oh, yeah. It's great. So, I love that app. I mean, obviously, you can Calm use... Calm should definitely sponsor us. Calm should sponsor this podcast. That would be a great sponsor. How do we do that? I feel like other people have Calm as a sponsor. Yeah. That's how I know about it. Yeah. So, how do we get Calm as a sponsor? Listeners, if any of you work at Calm... <laughs> 
I feel like one of our listeners. I would. feel like I heard every single letter in the way that you said calm and calm. Yeah, I didn't love it. So <laughs> and af- maybe an extra after K you, in there. After you do a digital detox, it says just cancel all of your plans, <laughs> which okay, I found relatable. <laughs> it says when we feel overwhelmed, it says literally just cancel some of your plans and then don't rebook yourself. Just take that time to have a do-nothing day. And then once you're back to normal, reschedule those things. And then this one I found actually the most interesting. Don't overanalyze it. Okay, it, yeah, right. Oh, it says, my says God. Sometimes when we're overwhelmed, we ask, what's wrong with me? Why can't I handle this? <clears throat> like, why can't, why do I feel like this? Like, why am I such a fuck up? It says when we overanalyze why we're feeling insane, mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's not helpful. It says, there's a time and a place for analyzing our lives, but it isn't from the deep pit of distress. Oh, man. Well, that's like my favorite time to analyze places. Right? That's but like that where you pull sense. the fucking tarot cards out at. Like, if you are in, like, the pit of despair, that's the last place you should be analyzing your life. Because... Yeah, that's true. But it's, like, the, also the most helpful for me. Because maybe yeah. sometimes, like, getting myself out of it is... Analyzing. Analyzing. Like, yeah. okay, I might just be in a little stupid batch right mm-hmm. now. But that's when your prefrontal cortex goes in, like this guy says. So, like, by that point, you've moved out of fight, flight, freeze. I got it. You know? Yeah. With this article, we're, we're trying to get out of that in the first place got so we it. can reach that place. And then she says, I, go outside, you know, just go outside, literally, and breathe air. <laughs> Another fucking and then dog. The, the last Relax. one was ask for help. We ended up didn't we did end up going through all nine because I actually nice. thought it was pretty sweet. Like yeah, I thought this. I thought that was really well. This done. mommy blogger did a way better job than the psychologist. Oh, for real. At like and actually giving, giving us concrete things to do, things to follow. Well, what's the uh, what do you what do you, is there like an age on these? both of these people i'm just curious maybe like i can tell from the psychology today guys picture he's probably in his 50s okay and the mommy bloggers and the mommy blogger let me see if probably. she has a photo at the bottom I mean, that's different generations i would think mommy does not have a photo i mean if you're a mommy blogger currently, it says megan bailey the author is a social media specialist and okay. content producer yeah you're at, you're probably 40 or oh she under. also received a degree in psychology from james madison university cute in what year oh, so does no it wonder, say in what year it doesn't say that's cute. cute no wonder it was so like you know she, not only is she a mommy blogger she went out there and got her education okay oh she knows God. she knows what she's blogging about Wait. What? Oh my god. What? I'm so wrong. Megan Bailey wrote Seven Marks of a Wicked Heart. Oh! I, I clicked... Okay, anyways. I clicked on the wrong article. Okay. The mommy blogger... Oh, she has no information about herself. I don't even know her name. Wait. It has to. I was like, Mm-mm. are you making money? Or are you just writing this? Like... Oh, wait, no. At the very bottom of the page, it just says Katie McLaughlin. Oh, okay. And that's it? I can tell from her picture that she's probably in her 30s. Okay. Okay. 30s hmm. to 50s, that's a totally different generation yeah. of ways of approaching so situations in life. So Katie McLaughlin to read. Wait, okay, but let's go back, though. The fucking woman who did the smark, seven marks of a Seven marks of a wicked heart. heart. A wicked heart. Literally got a psychology degree. She has a degree in psychology from James Madison University. Isn't that a good school? Uh, sounds fancy. Sounds like really like rich white people. I'm looking bullshit. it up. Where is it? James Madison University, also known as JMU, is in Virginia. Harris Harrisonburg. 
Harzenborg. Um, okay, well, that's good. <laughs> What's one thing that you like about your fight, flight, freeze tactics, and what's one thing you wish you could change? One thing I like about my fight, flight, freeze tactics, um, I think I just have it so refined at this point that, like, I'm in awe mm -hmm. of my own abilities. What about you? I would say the same, but I think from opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, you have fight so refined. Yeah. That, like, I don't even have to make physical contact that, like, I can just say a single sentence and know that I can KO someone. You know <clears throat> what I mean? <laughs> Next time I walk by, when I walk, when I walk past your car tomorrow, I'm going to hear the Jaws theme song in my mind. <laughs> just imagine you behind the wheel. And you're so short, so I just imagine you, <laughs> you know barely, so you barely looking over the hood, like while you're approaching. <laughs> Literally, um, people don't know how short I am. Okay, everybody who listens regularly, they or probably even think anyone you're seven foot one. No, do I have I not said this on the podcast? I've recently been told that I give off five nine energy. You're not even close. I know. <laughs> Katie Flowers was like, well, I was saying something and I was like, yeah, I'm this tall. And she was like, You're, I'm sorry, what? I know. Did you have to give it to her in, in meters? Like, I'm 14 meters. No, I think she knew. I don't know. But she was like, wait, what? Like, I swear I thought you were at least 5'7", if not 5'9". And I was like, I give off 5'9 energy? Like, Yeah, I can totally see Jesus that Christ. And then I was telling other people, and they were like, yeah, you do give off 5'9 energy. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I literally feel that so deeply in my bones. I feel like I give off 5'1 energy. <laughs> okay, that's so fucked up because I'm 5'2". <laughs> so for anyone who's wondering, I'm 5'2". I am short as fuck five foot two i'm five foot just two. like saying that out loud i know it's so funny i know i'm five foot two i'm sexy as fuck <laughs> i got this dump truck ass and this big dick energy <laughs> i'm unstoppable you have a whole foot of person compressed inside of you no there is a, literally george is what six two exactly i think mm -hmm. or you are because you're what six, six one. one and he's like like six two just a bit taller than you literally just a an hair and well, I do my hair up, we're the same. Okay. <laughs> nice so and big. Six and, so you're 6'1", George is 6'2", and I'm 5'2". Like, when I stand next to my husband, I am a whole foot fucking shorter yes. than him. <laughs> like, like a Goldilocks So I'll just basket. let you guys imagine that. <laughs> I wonder if our listeners expected me to be so gigantic. You're not gigantic. I'm pretty much... You're tall. I think, I actually think that I would, you give off 5'10 five five energy. 5'10 energy? <laughs> I give off 5'9 energy. I you hunch. give off 5'10 energy. <laughs> I've always wanted to go spend a year in space because I heard you gain an inch. Where? Like but in your back. I'm just joking. <laughs> Imagine if your dick randomly was an inch longer in space. I like... can't afford to go to space then. It wouldn't be fair for everyone else. Watch where you're swinging that thing. I just come back with it, bitch slapping people with it. So that's all I have. That's all, that's all, all the I time. Have. Let's try and guess um, every single one of our supporters' heights. As I think we... all of our supporters, 
give off 6-1 energy. Oh my god, I love that for them. Especially Sarah. We want to take a second to thank our supporters of this podcast. These are the people that contribute to us financially every single month because they love us and they really, really want to help us out. If you want to help us out and support this podcast, you can do so by going to anchor.fm slash speaking of which and hit the support button. You can support for a dollar a month, $5 a month, even $10 a month. And so thank you so much to the list of our supporters who give off nothing but six one energy. Um, <laughs> thank you to Sarah N. How I know how, I feel like I know how tall Sarah is actually. Is it 5'10"? 5'11"? Yeah, let's do 5'11". Sarah, you'll have to let us know. In the- Watch her be five feet tall, actually. No. But she gives off such intense five eleven energy. Oh that my we god, just... I love that for her. <laughs> Next time we see her, she's five feet tall. Yeah, Sarah N, Julie C. I'm gonna give Julie like a five nine energy too. Yeah, absolutely. Anna M. Ooh. Six four. Six four, baby. <laughs> Heather A. I'm getting five ten. Five ten. Okay. Alyssa S. Oh, man, I don't know. She's Lisa. been a supporter for a long time, so that's 6-1. That's 6-1 energy. Rebecca, a lot of pe- a lot of these people have Actually, been. everyone on this list has been a supporter for a long time. Long so time. everyone's automatically 6-1, yeah. Okay, really. I'll just keep going then. Rebecca PK, Teresa D, Dominic B, mm-hmm. Melanie W, Catherine L, Bill K, Jesse D, David B, Karen, not that kind of Karen, R. But Karen, you know what? You give off 6-3 energy. Melanie W, you give off name. seven foot one energy. <gasps> wow. Mm-hmm. Those are some, oh my gosh. Jesse D. We love D. you all. You, you all give off seven one energy. I don't want anyone to feel left out. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> and I I just, I can't believe it. Five nine energy. I'm taking you that to the to grave. Hear that. Yeah, thank you. And let's close it that's out. That's it. Goodbye, everyone. I feel like this is like a week, week ending. You don't have any like actual fight stories. Do I? Do you? you me? Yeah. A I, fight. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> you just said like. This is so cringe. Okay. This is so unbelievably cringe. I can't believe I'm, I'm about to share this. Okay. When I was 18, I had this boyfriend. Uh huh. And I had this really sick fantasy of like maybe us like getting into like a like a like a little bit of like a push and shove like a fight oh, and then you're it ends so crazy and it ends with like maybe a sexual encounter. Oh my god, so crazy! <laughs> and so I, we were talking or whatever, and so like I play shoved him a little, uh-huh. but I over pushed. Like I fell, I fell. You were like <laughs> I fell and busted open my eyebrow. That's the story? Yeah. And that was my fight story, because I was going to maybe try and play fight. This is his fight song. And so I was like, okay. In in my mind, that was a sign from the universe. that Maybe I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. Oh, God. I hate you. (laughs) All right. I can't take any more of this. So goodbye, everyone.